This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Strap yourself in, because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favorite podcasts. say breaking news that maybe I've, I've got a bit of bad news um i think sympathy does go out to ukraine i mean if it's not bad enough as uh, what's going on in that country scotland have just beaten them four nil 
and they were sat there thinking things couldn't get any worse. This is Lester Till I Die. It is the debate show. The debate tonight is, should, should Premier League clubs be allowed to buy second-tier clubs, if you like, for want of a better word, in the same country? They do it in other countries, as in, you know, we all, well, we'll have a look later at some graphics, but uh, Man City owners own clubs all around the world. Why can't they do it in this country? Maybe it would just help a few of them out. This is Lester Till I Die TV. It's Friday night, it's nine o'clock, and it's the debate show. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. We are on Twitch as well now. Um, LTID TV. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for sharing your ears with us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. A few hellos before we get going. John, good evening. How the devil are you, sir? Let me know. Does it in Germany, do they allow it? Uh, do you have multi... You know, I, mean, I know what they do in Spain, but do they in Germany allow multi-ownership? Scott, good evening. How the devil are you, sir? James, good evening. Um, we are well. Hope you are too. Rene, how the devil are you? How the devil are you? Um, yeah, we do know uh, Rooney went. I did that on the news show earlier. So basically, this is what we're looking at here. So you can see Red Bull own multiple clubs. The owners of City, well, City Football, well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten clubs they own. Could they not own a, a few in this country? Like I say, to me. It makes sense, but then you know, you know me. <laughs> Brown sauce makes sense to me. So we've got some people in that are going to discuss this with me, agree with me, disagree. It's not a competition, it doesn't matter. You know, we'd have a vote on it at the end. Um, but we will be chatting about it. First of all, you know this guy, uh, and especially if you go to church every Sunday, he is the second coming. Um, and I don't know how he can do that in the one night, but there we Brad, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, mate. I, I, I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you? Not so bad, not so bad. I still, I see you're still in the um, in the old um, parlour there, the Madame's parlour with the red uh, curtains behind you. Yeah, still here, mate. Still here, you know. It's, uh, it's a good place to be sometimes. Well, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just glad that you're not seeing anybody while we're actually on live on air. That's good. Um, you've got your, I mean, people know you from here, Lester Tidy TV. Everybody's details are in the uh, YouTube description below if they want to check you out. But you've obviously your new channel, Matter of Opinion. Um, you, you, you answered a lot of questions last night. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did my first of what will be a monthly special where basically you can ask my opinion on absolutely anything. You can ask a general question because you're still only getting an opinion to an answer, I guess. So it was a great show. It's um, it's really done well. I've got a lot of interaction from you guys. You're all brilliant. And if you still want to go and check it out just to hear some of the questions and hear my opinions, and even if you want to get, even if you're watching it back and thinking, oh, I wish I'd have joined it, get commenting in the video. I'll reply to it. Uh, I hope you don't mind this, Chris. I want to say a massive thank you because I hit a target over the course of deciding to make this video and advertising it. I reached the first goal of every YouTuber that wants to do it, and I hit 100 subs. I'm at 104 now, so I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody that's joined in, taken part, and if you want to find it, 
not just here in the links in the description. My Twitter handle is at Full Time Focus. Appreciate you giving me the floor there, mate. Um, no, no, yeah. no, you will. Even though you didn't really answer my, should Ryan Bertrand and Vestergaard be given double the wage salary extensions? Yeah. Do you agree, Dave? Should uh, should Vestergaard and Bertrand be given double your money contract extension? I jest, Dave. I jest. Welcome back. We didn't put you off last week. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm just slightly tooled up differently this week, man. That's okay. We're glad. We're glad to have you with us because, like you say, you uh, you're a little bit behind with the news up there. Where, where, which county are you in? Well, I'm in Surrey now. Surrey, right? Normally West Sussex. Ah, uh, you see, West Sussex. The old news doesn't get there as as quick as anywhere else, does it? It's the longest day I was on the beach. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever remember we signed Cambiasso for a season? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that was good. And hey, John Samuels is having a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Len Glover sends his best, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> James says, evening, Brad. Helen says, hi, Brad. Um, evening, everybody. Yeah, Rene, the, the chat, chat in the chat about transfers. I won't be putting your, your details in there because it's not that show tonight. We are talking about big clubs owning little clubs. And uh, first of all, I apologise um, to, to Dan. I don't consider Burnley to be a little club, but um, he, he did offer to come on and I wasn't going to have him on. I was just going to have the three of us talking here. But then Mike did approach me. And the fact that he, oh, he follows a little club, actually made me think maybe we should have him on. Uh, what's it like following Man United? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Come on. That was it. I killed that. Yeah, that was a good one. I was fishing there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw the fishing rod, but I, and I uh, leaned my head away. <laughs> like, a salmon, like a good salmon would leaped away <laughs> Newport County of course isn't it yeah we, we did beat Leicester in the FA Cup oh here we go here we go <laughs> hang on let me just mute you, mute you. Right, that shut him up um, let's, uh, let's get him back let's get him back yeah oh, yeah yeah I mean, mimic. It's, the one, it's the one thing that's happened in your history that you can actually shout about isn't it yeah but yeah, yeah. Harlow beat us, so I shouldn't worry too much about it. <laughs> well, this is true. We have not we have got a good record of going out to smaller clubs in the FA mm. Club. But guys, I mean, I'll come to you first, Brad. I mean, when you look at this, and we, we're in this boat as well at Leicester here, because we own uh OHL Laven, I can never remember the, the, the letters, etc. But the Belgian club, but I mean <sighs> That money, could that not be... What do you think, first of all, about the multi-club ownership? You're not going to stop it, because every country around the globe, no matter what their principles are to a point, um, are going to want somebody to make a standout team that everybody looks at and wants to watch their country's version of football. So it's, it's, it's clear as day. You look at the spread of them clubs and where they play their trade in football... And, yeah, you've got some that allow a double up, of course, but there's always one that always stands out like a sore thumb out of them too anyway. It's always the same. They always prioritise. It's like a favourite child if they do it in separate leagues. But you're not going to stop it. And hmm. it may be seen as good for football by some. It's going to be what it is. So it's the way football's going, whether you like it or not. So 
you're not going to stop it, but mm. I'm not on board with this two club rules just to shock the statement and get it out there. I'm, I wouldn't be on board with something like it. So get that statement. You wouldn't be, or you wouldn't be? No, I wouldn't you want wouldn't us be. to do it. Right. I mean, Dave, you look at that, and you, I get I get why this works, because, you know, if you are the owners of Manchester City with the huge squad they've got, and we know Chelsea do it as well, there's so many so many players that go out to lower league clubs um, but and they probably, you know, could potentially send them abroad. But if you've got your own feeder club, surely that would help you out as a club. Well, it would, but I don't know how you do it. Um, English football is slightly different to others. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, we'd probably take on Derby now, wouldn't we? Well, it's that kind of scenario. Um, You know, who would you choose? How would it be chosen? Um, The fans wouldn't like it at all. There's a lot of of questions in there as to how it would work. I I agree. And somebody said earlier in the chat, you would maybe have to have boundaries, Um, you know, that it has to be a certain league. It can't be, say, championship. It has to be one and two. And it has to be out of a certain area. I mean, Mike, you know, you look at that, and do you wish sort of Newport, you know, could be owned by a a a larger club that could help you, or would you prefer sort of to stay, you know, independent as you are? I think I'd prefer to stay independent. It gives the club its own sort of philosophy, it gives the club its own sort of branding, rather than being clusters. The, the knockoff version of a, of a bigger club. Um, and I think the bigger clubs would probably agree the fan bases of a bigger club. Like Brad said, he wouldn't he wouldn't want that to happen. Even Dave pretty much said he, he re- really wouldn't want that to happen. So it, it wouldn't work on both parties, I don't think, for it to be in England. I don't mind it being abroad because you can, you know, send your players out on loan there. You can send, you know, networking out to different parts of the... Like in Manchester City's case, for example, they've got a team in France, Spain, America, Australia, India. There's there's a whole branch where they can send a, a scouting network, but I wouldn't want it because I wouldn't want us to be classed as the second the, the second version of another team, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, t- totally, totally. But, I mean, if you've got – if, you know, I'm Man City and I've got this young guy coming up and he's sort of 16, 17 – what am I going to gain by sending him out to India to a club? You know, is he going to, he's not going to get, you know, it's a different style of football. Um, is he going to sort of get the right, pick up the right things that I want him to have to play possibly in the English Premier League? Yeah, that, that's the problem. But then I think the, the way in which you would do the, the loaning system, the sending out, bringing back um, system is, is you'd, find different players that would suit your different feeder clubs in Man City's case. Like you see three or four of them go to uh, sport in Girona um, and then they come back. One of them was Pedro Porros. I think he's still there. Um, and they send them to, they, they, you've got to have good scouts to know which players to send yeah. to leagues of what you want to get out of that player development wise. Brad, I mean, let's have a look at sort of the, 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 most recent thing in my mind, anyway, which is Berry have suddenly gone out of business. Uh, well, not suddenly, but they went out of business um, because obviously lack of money. They were using um, Man City's old training ground 
um, for, for, for their training facilities and had run it down. Now, you know, Man City then called in a loan saying, you know, we, we, <laughs> this has got to end. And, you know, Berry is no more. And we know what it's like because we've been there as a club. If it was a point that Manchester City could have taken over Berry, they're, ne- they're probably never going to sort of clash in the um, in in the in the leagues. Um, although obviously it, it could happen, and in the FA Cup, if the balls are drawn out, put it back in and draw another ball out. But could that not have saved Berry if they had been owned by a you know larger club? Well, yeah, but so could better management. And by that, what I mean is the owner of the club could have managed it better. They could have been, you know, they could have been more successful in football. Football's a cruel mistress. And unfortunately, we've seen at the highest of the highs, the O'Neill years, we never thought they were going to end. And then, boof, like a trap door, they fell between us. It happens to the best of clubs. I think what the problem is and where the issue can get fixed is they need to come up with a far better solution to the point where if you want to buy a football club, and I know people might, give me a lot of backlash for this, but hear me out. The idea would be that if you're ready to buy a football club because it's no easy feat and you're going to invest a lot of money, you have to provide a safety net. You know how you put a deposit on a flat or a house or whatever and that gets yeah. kept and if you, don't, if you do well, you, you know, you could earn, you get that deposit back once you move on or whatever. But if you decide, you know, so if you decide to sell the club, you're going to make the money back. But if you fail as a businessman, because that's what football is when you're an owner of a club, you're a businessman. It's not a sport, it's a business. If they then have already agreed when they took over the club, say 50 million of my own money, my own pocket, or whatever they, they agree on, will stay here and be forever used. So if I fail in my job as an owner and run this club into debt, the club has something to fall back on while they find a new owner. And I agree to sell the club and get rid of it. That way, no club's in trouble. You don't need multi billion takeovers. And to be fair, I would rather, and I'm just saying this example, any, and you know, Mike, you're, you're a non-league fan as well as a United fan, but any other non-league fan out there or, or lower league fan out there that's listening, what would you rather be known as? Your football club's name or the lab experiment for Man City's, the Man United's and the Arsenal's? Because that's what, that's what you see happening. Here's an idea. Make our under-23s play in the lower leagues. It benefits England all round as a as a league, as a development. Well, it, doesn't, it doesn't benefit, does it, David? I'll come to you on this. It doesn't benefit... The likes of Berry, and yes, you can say better management, but I mean, we are we are in a changing world here of football. Now, if you are growing up in Greater Manchester, there are quite a few teams. I mean, that's London, but let's have a look at Manchester here. There are quite a few teams that you can support if you are in the Greater Manchester. Ignore the the the, 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 the Liverpool ones. Yeah, I'm sure Tranmere yeah. would feel like this as well. But what chance have? the likes of Preston, uh, Berry, uh, Stockport County got, when people within that area, all they see on the telly, all they see everywhere is Manchester City, Manchester United. No matter how well you manage that, to, to have a football club with the staff that it has, then, you you know, it's not necessarily a badly run club. It's just that they don't get sort of, you know, they can't balance the books. They can't get the fans in. I think what Brad's saying is right. They're badly managed these smaller clubs mm. because they don't seem so accountable to anybody. You mm. you go down to non-league football, you know, there's so many crooks in that business that they're it, when clubs do make money, they're being robbed blind. I would like to see probably Premier League clubs look after non-league clubs more. 
at grassroots mm. level and improve the standard of football and the standard of, mm. of conditions and changing facilities up, down there because you know there's some loyal supporters that go to these games five six hundred people every week um and they're being robbed blind but the other question i was going to ask was i don't think i've answered your question ever but anyway um what happens if a team gets relegated from the premier league who owns another club i mean how does okay, that well, let, let, yeah take I mean, a wolves or a derby or a villa it's a fair point like and it's a very it's along mm-hmm. the, you know i know a lot living in bournemouth paul as i do a lot of friends and people are down here are fans of a Premier League team, but they also support Bournemouth because Bournemouth were never going to be in the Premier League. And eventually, obviously, it, it clashed. Um, I, th- I mean, yeah, it, it could happen. You could, we could do what you do, which is you say go to maybe the, I don't know, it's called the conference now, the National League, whatever it is, um, if a club goes down, down that road. I mean, there are going to be obviously questions on that. Yes, there are, but it's, I don't, you know, I mean, it, it happens with other industries where you can own the same, you know, two different businesses in the same town. I think if it's managed fairly and above board. Um, I, it was tried before, Chris, wasn't it? Was it Maxwell, Reading and Swindon, was it? No, Oxford and Reading. Clubs, though, Oxford and Reading. No, I don't think it didn't yeah. go through, though, did it? He no, owned he, Oxford, but I don't he, think he, he, actually, he tried to do it. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I don't think he, he. I don't. As far as I remember, it didn't go through. It but didn't yeah, happen. He, he did try. Point he, he being that try. you've got to trust these owners, and how can you do that? People are yeah. in it for their own good, as Brad said earlier. You know, it's a business to them. Can you trust it them is. to it do is what the fans want to do? Yeah, it doesn't matter how well the club does it as well. If if they're making financial losses and and it's more than just bad ownership. No one wants to invest in that, no matter how, how good it might be for the game and how good it is for football. You know, if, if you're going to look at it and say, right, tell me my financial aspects are going to say, well, you're going to lose 80, 80 million over the next... No, I'm not interested. Unless you're going to tell me we're going to make 180 million in the year after the fifth and guarantee it, I'm not interested. They're not going to take that risk. It's a capital risk. It doesn't matter how good of a gesture and a kind gesture would be to fix football. Because if kind gestures did it, I'd be on board of it. But... For me, like you just said there, about trusting some of these ownerships, what, what was it, six or seven of them were willing to, without even letting us know, yeah. thanks for the memo, we're about to make a Super League without letting us, the people who built football, know. They were like, oh, sorry, we're, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Got to stop no, I get what you're saying, you know, but then you would hope maybe, and maybe I'm... Um, got my, my, you know, gold-tinted spectacles on here, you would hope maybe you, you've got, you know, people from the FA or the whatever that, that could somehow monitor it. I yeah, agree the that these are problems and I don't have answers to these problems. Yeah. But what I'm saying, but, you know, Mike, let's come to you. You know, you're, you're a Newport fan and I get, yes, you do want you know your independence, but would you sooner have a club that is owned, let's say, by Leicester City? And, we you know, we send you down players. So you'd have like the Kieran Dewsbury Halls, the Luke Thomases, uh, the Harvey Barnes, um, or you know, and and still be known as Newport, but be a say a feed club to us, or would you sooner go out of business? I'm not saying Newport are going to go out of business, yeah. or they Hadley run. But I'm just saying, as you look at it, and as football moves forward, I can see more and more of the smaller clubs disappearing. Look, well, they it, have done. Sorry, oh, sorry, yeah, they, yeah. they have so, done, haven't they? Yeah, it, it, like you say, 
Brad mentioned it with Barry. It comes right from the top of just ownership, bad ownership, and and poor business management at the very top. That's why a lot of these teams go out of business. Whether you chuck, you know, these 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 big clubs money at them, will that solve it? It probably will solve it, but you know, like what Brad said, I, did, I didn't get a chance to to really answer it. But you know, good management in the right areas will solve anything. Rather than I know, obviously money money thrown at it would um, solve it. Obviously, it would. Uh, in terms of the question, though, I mean, yes, I want my own identity as a football club. Any football club wants that. They don't want to be a, a second fiddle or, or a feeder club or um, you know a, a second pathway of of a big team. Um, but yeah, I think something like uh, affiliate is the right word. If if we could get senior affiliate for. League One, League Two teams, rather than the so-called, you know, buying the club, if that makes sense. Because um, you can get like different types of affiliation. You can get a hash affiliation where the the club has um, control on training facilities um, and, and budgeting, and then you can have uh, a cool affiliate, which is where they just send you loan players that they want to develop at your club and then move on. Because we've got an affiliation with Cardiff, Swansea and Bristol where they give us loan players a couple a season or a couple every other season. But they have no ask, they have no like input on our budgeting and our trans, uh, training facilities. So something like that from a bigger team, no respect to Cardiff, Swansea and Bristol, uh, from a bigger team like a, a Leicester or um, a, a Tottenham or an Everton, that would benefit us. Like I said, I wouldn't want a team to buy us, but an affiliation I would definitely stand by. So if you were on the brink of going out of business and Manchester City were allowed to buy another club in the, in within the United Kingdom, you wouldn't you you would sooner go out of business than be part of a Manchester City setup, is what you're saying then. I, I think you get you get stung by the nettles whichever way you go with it because look I, I, I would yeah, never do, yeah. Yeah. but I, I I have seen us go out of business we we came back and and the fans rebuilt that that's what's more difficult if I take Newport hat away from it absolutely I would I would let a, a club buy it it's just the fact that when you get reborn as a team Hereford have done it uh, we've seen even further down the pyramid AFC Rushton and Diamonds have done it. You come back, and Barry have done it now only in the last couple of years, the fans and the locals of the area will put together a consortium to, you know, lead the team and become, you know, part of the board of this new reborn team. So I think it'd be hard to do that because I think even if they went out of business, we, we've seen even Macclesfield with, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Bullard, I think it is. Um, you you you're gonna Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage or Bullet? Yeah, Robbie Savage. Yeah, mm. you're gonna get this reborn no matter what happens. I think even if you do lose teams, it's a it's an ultimatum that is difficult to to side with. If I'm honest, yeah. I mean, Brad, I get as I say. Obviously, there's two sides to this. Obviously, and I'm sort of playing devil's advocate to to the to the three of you here. But as a fan. Berry FC, yeah, they've come back. It's great to see that they're back. They're having to start again at the bottom. They're never going to get anywhere, are they? And isn't football about having a dream? I said that about Luton when it happened to them, when they went into financial ruin and went all the way down the conferences and they were within a kick-up. They were in a goal of 
of being a Premier League side. We've seen it with Blackpool. Never say never in football, mate. We've seen so many, you know, we've seen so many never going to happen moments. We were a part of one of them. Hmm. And sometimes the club, as bad as it is, and as dark as them days are, sometimes as a club, you need to go through that because it, football feels sometimes like life. You go through a hell of a lot to get to your end goal. And whatever that is, whether that's to get to the pinnacle of the Premiership, whether that's to get back to the Football League, whether that's to win that pre- unprecedented FA Cup that you've you've failed in the last four or five attempts, you know, whether it's to conquer England or Europe, whatever your goal is as a football club and a football fan, you still keep them goals no matter what happens. And sometimes you hit League One or you go bust and start again to get to where you're going. But guess what? That just means the joy and the experience of your club as goes for a time, it comes rising from the ashes like a fe- like a fox, mate. That 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 classic, I'm gonna use it, I'm gonna steal it for this. You know, they just get there again and they build again. And then the next generation can be telling grandkids and grandkids the story of how the rise and fall of um you know new um Berry, the rise and fall of, of, of Oldham, if they ever got back to the premiership, the rise and fall of Luton, it's a fairy tale that's ready to be written and it's just one of them, mate. You know, things happen in football. Things happen in life, just like they do in football, where you can't help it no matter what. And yeah. you know, Mike's already thrown out the officiate thing. I, that, I, that get, I, I get, I yeah. do, yeah. I see, see where you're coming from, totally. But Dave, I mean, we, we looked at that Manchester map before. Uh, I mean, if you know, if you are a Stockport County, you are living in the shadow of the big clubs, aren't you? And you are never in Manchester. With the way and football has changed over the years. I mean, you know, you look when football started. You know, the big the big clubs were your Bolton's, your Blackpool's, your Huddersfield. Where yeah. are they all now? You know, I mean, Bolton had a bit of uh, a thing. Burnley, uh, you know, they're all sort of not sort of you know included in that, if you like, anymore. But <coughs> as a Stockport fan, I say you're, you're a club. Over the years, your your support, if you like, is going to get less and less and less. Because you, you've got those two big clubs within your catchment area. And as kids growing up, how many kids grow up supporting a team because they're watching them on the telly? How many Man United fans don't live in Manchester? How many Chelsea fans how don't many live do? in Chelsea? I think there's a couple of things there. I mean, my, one of my son-in-laws is a Fulham fan. He stopped going when they got in the Premier League the first time or whenever it was because it wasn't the same. Um, he could walk around the ground in the old days of Division 2 and Division 3 and whatever it was. Um, Eastport's Leatherhead now. He goes down there quite often. Um, so people aren't just, you know, Premier League infatuated. It, it's football. And I, I think the other thing that happens is if a club does go bust, like Berry, then it becomes a fans club. And that's something we all dream of, really. You know, owning our own club whether it be in the fourth to third division or League Two or in the Premier League, you know. Um, it's just a, a thing. You want to be part of it. A lot of these guys go, don't go to football to sit in the stands and cheer and never really get to see the players or anything. They go to be part of a social club and, a you know, part of a community. But is that... And I don't know disrespect here because I'm probably older than you are, but is that an old-fashioned concept of football? Does that keep a club going? It still is going, yeah. It's still happening in non-league football. I don't know about the league Newports, but I'd imagine what you've been through. 
it's the same thing. The fans feel more part of it now. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I've, I've been down. I've been down to Paul, right? And I, I well, I moved down to Paul, and I, I, I worked there for a bit when I came down for the social side and what have you. And it was great. You suddenly realised that you stood behind the goal with the owner of the club. <laughs> He's swearing and everything at the referee like you are. You know, it it is a, a different game. But Paul Town will never ever be able to aspire to even be in League Two because they haven't got a ground. They're playing on at a converted bit of a school playing field um, that the school went out to them. They they won the division that they are in, and I don't know. I think it's about tenth or eleventh in the pyramid. They won that four or five years on the on the trot. They could not move up to the next league because their ground wasn't good enough. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's, it's very nice yeah. this being. Um, oh, you were a local family club and what have you, but I've got no dreams because my club can't go anywhere because we haven't, you know, got. But if Bournemouth came in, let's say. And they've now got a rich owner, uh, they've got a Russian owner, how long for, who knows, and came in and said, look, you know, let's own you or affiliate you or something like that, whichever way it is, that might just give them the backing and the security to go uh, and move forward, Dave. Well, that's what I said at the beginning, I think. It'd be better to support grassroots football, of which Paul and my hometown, Nuneaton, are. Um, Nuneaton Borough went bust, what, once or twice uh, and are coming back again. But they'll never get up into the Football League now. They could no. have done 30 years ago, but not now. But would I want Coventry looking after them? I don't think so. <laughs> well, no, you, you wouldn't. But then, like like I say, you know, I wouldn't want um, Derby looking after us or, or, or us looking after Derby. There are, there are sort of, you know... Um, there's going to be standards. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, I mean, as new, I know you wouldn't want Cardiff, for example, but you know, you, as Newport, you've got the big teams around you, haven't you? And I say big, but you know, you compared in fairness, I'm being brutally honest here, compared to Newport, probably Swansea and Cardiff are big clubs. Will you ever, with the structure as it is now, get into a position where you could be in the Premier League. And yes, I know Leicester did it not so long ago, and I know that's the dream that everybody can follow, but it's getting harder and harder for us to do. We're having to spend more and more just to stay where we are. The problem that you've got is the Premier League gets stronger and everything else below it gets weaker. That's the issue. Yes. Uh, so getting into the championship for, and I'm not going to say Newport because I'll, might get slipped, but for a league to team to get into the championship is probably not as hard. We've seen teams go League Two to the championship, Luton, um, it, you know, not so long ago. But to make that final step from the championship to the Premier League, and if you do get there to stay in it, it is in, in absolutely immensely impossible because the money at the very top. Brad mentioned about the those six owners. If they can just do that. On, on the you know a flick of a switch, who knows how much money and and all is is stacked mm. behind these Premier League owners? But not just that. The the I know obviously Dave mentioned grassroots football, but the National League is a professional league, or all but. There's some teams in the National League, safe and North, that are basically professional that have got a lot of money compared to the rest of the the division, which makes that division hard to get out of. The whole pyramid is. I'm not going to swear, but messed up. Let's just say that. 
the whole pyramid is messed up. So the journey, or, or as Brad said, the dream to make that rise is becoming increasingly impossible. Yeah. And James says he remembered teams like Darlington. Indeed, and Darlington were very badly managed. They were absolutely um, taken to the cleaners by their owner. Um, uh, Brad, Leicester City, in uh. within, the, within the boundaries of Leicestershire, we are the only professional football team. So you could, yeah. should say that we should be filling up stadiums more than Newcastle, more than Manchester, either club, more than either the Anfield clubs, and we're not. But is that because supporters, and I'm maybe going a little bit off track here, but the supporters are following these other clubs, you know, because they see them on the telly all the time. When I grew up, when I, say when I grew up, when I had my kids, I said, you support Leicester because your dad does. You support Burnley because you are in Burnley. That's where you're born. It's your team. But you're not supporting Arsenal, Chelsea or any of those because I'll cut you out the will <laughs> just because you see them on the telly. Um, and I, 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 I can say I just think that we need to – was the mistake the Premier League? I mean, it's made football great, but it's kind of it's split it all up, hasn't it? Anything good, anything, anything, anything that seems good always comes with a cost. Mm. Premier League came with a cost. It came with popularity. It came with money. It came with greed to a point. You could argue in in any aspects, and unfortunately, that's what what it is. And you know. We always knew when it happened, when because that was considered the breakaway, wasn't it? The Premier League was a mm. separate thing to yeah. Division One, Division Two, because it's, it's only in recent years that they're, they're not just called Division One anymore. They're called by the, the you know the sponsors of the the, the leagues yeah. that own them as well. Uh, and you know, I think if you if you do certain things, there's so many things um, that that go on in, in in football behind the scenes that you don't see either. It's just it's just a scenario that I just don't see the benefit in in, in what they're trying to, you know, what what, what they're trying to achieve. Because at the end of the day with football, it's just how it's brought to you in life. Whether it's peer pressure and because all your mates support in Liverpool, you want it to be cool and fitting, you support Liverpool. Maybe you were born and raised, like you said, you gave your kids the options, they had two. Maybe, maybe you just grew up on a different generation. We grew up in different generations and football evolves with them generations. You, you say it yourself, Chris, football changes with the times and so do the fans, unfortunately, but we all share one thing in common. We know that football would be nothing without fans and going to a match day, whether it's supporting your local team, which people themselves do more of. At the end of the day, we're all willing, no matter how much we moan, I would say 95% of moaning people out there, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, are still willing to pay the 45, 65, 75, 85, 160, whatever the season ticket or match day price is for that club, but they won't go and spend a £2.50, £5, £10, and, and spend half of that money, not even a quarter of that money, depending on the price, to go and watch mm -hmm. the long side. So we're all a bit to blame for the struggles that some clubs have because we're drawn by the law of the Premier League. You know, it's like it's like playing the Pied Piper, isn't it, in a way? They did that very well, and unfortunately... This was the cost of the Premier League, like you just said. It's a very point you made because that is the outcome where we are today. Yeah, I mean, Dave, you 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 look at sort of Leicester, 
And you know, we we've got OH Laven, I think if I'm maybe getting yeah, it, I yeah. think it's OH Laven in, in Belgium. And we've let players go out there, we've let managers, let's be honest with you, Pearson went out there for a yeah. while. But we know we've we've got we can let players go over there and train. But I'm just you know, we've got to, have we got to wait for a club to say approach us and go, could we have that player on loan, please? So we might have some players there that maybe maybe look good. Um, but nobody's coming in for them. Where if we own, let's say Leicester, and you're not going to own a local team, let's get that out of the way straight away. You couldn't have them supporting, a, you know, doing a local team. So Leicester, let's say, may buy, well, just for sake of argument, Newport, you know, because Mike's here. Um, the, we can then say, look, we want to lo- loan you this player. Now it'll either do one or two things for us, it'll either make him a good enough player to come and play for Leicester, as in Harvey Barnes and Kieran Dewsbury Halls. Or it will improve into such a much that we may get more money for him, whilst they are developing and playing well for Newport County and doing them good. I think that makes sense. Yeah, but I think we can do that anyway. Uh, you don't have to own the club, but the I reason know. we own OH is because we can get players bought through that club without having to pay a higher rate. If you take a a youngster, I think there's um there's a a tribunal set over here what what a price should be but if it's sold to an overseas club it's not quite the same and i think i'm right in that and we you know we get a better deal out of it so there's a good reason to have a club that's um, not in the uk or not in england but um but i don't know i just don't think the fans of the lower clubs would want to be affiliated with somebody but- like leicester or or Forest or anybody like that. But you're still keeping your identity, aren't you? Yes, you own... I mean, how many, you know, how many clubs out there... We're owned by King Power, but we're not King Power City. We are Leicester City. Nobody looks at us and goes, we are King Power City. Yeah, we're lucky, Chris. How many shops, for example, are out there that are owned by a big conglomerate, but they keep the name because that's the name that people know. How many owners have fleeced their club? Look at Man United, They're a disaster. And why? Because the owners have fleeced them. Look at Leeds many years ago. You know, European Cup final, suddenly gone. You could name a dozen clubs like that who have been fleeced by the Newcastle. What happened there? Mm. Um, so, again, you've got to go back to trust. Yeah, I think we trust our owners. Um, I don't know whether many other clubs do. Chelsea, I mean, of course, that you've got, could have you've gone got totally you've wrong. You've got to have the right owners. I, you know, I agree. I agree that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't let Glazier family near any club <laughs> if we had our way. But yeah. again, I'm going to come back to you, Mike, on this one. You know, Leicester are pumping money into, or our owners are pumping money into this club in Belgium when there are clubs in the UK that are suffering. And what will happen eventually if all these clubs, more and more clubs go out of business, it's just going to harm us. It's like the foundations of the Football League, as the foundations of a building start to crumble, eventually the whole building will come down. Yeah. There's two sides to it. Yes. When you take a foundation of something, it will ultimately crumble. But the problem that you've got is... As much as you take one club out, there'll be a team that will replace them. We've seen it with, obviously, when Barry went down, they were like, oh, don't worry, we'll just move the whole pyramid up by one. And then 
Barry's dissolvent, uh, dissolve, um, you know, nature basically becomes irrelevant because the FA are like, well, don't worry about Barry, forget them. We filled their void with by moving it all up by one. So forget about Barry. Where that's what you don't want. You want these clubs that go out of business to be recognised. You want them to be remembered as the team that the FA or whatever governing body it is, you let them go. You didn't do enough to prevent that club from dying and that 100-plus year history just banished like like no tomorrow. So the problem is I wouldn't want it to be... I actually am being swayed to the idea of having a club own someone... Uh, you know, a, a secondary club, but not in the UK. I think it's going to work outside the UK, like uh, Leicester's case in Belgium, what mm. Manchester City do in, you know, uh, Spain, France, Australia, India. Um, because I know there's a chance that, uh, I know there's not a high chance that, for example, well, we'll just say Stockport. There's, there's 99% chance Stockport will never reach the Premier League and, be in the same league as Man United or Man City, but there's that one chance, one percent chance. And then if that does happen, then the whole sort of double ownership, dual ownership thing could crumble. So I think that's what they have to take into consideration. Because if you look in Spain, uh, for example, with uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid, they have the the B teams. They don't have don't, don't buy a separate club. They've got their sort of beating that they use as reserves to promote that within to build them up to the, the main teams. And they, they can't ever get promoted to La Liga because they're part of the the Real Madrid slash Barcelona overall um, sort of circle. So even if they won the, the Segunda Liga in Spain, it's irrelevant because like you said with Paul yourself, Chris, Paul won the league four or five years on the trot, but can't go anywhere. Yeah, but that wasn't because they were owned yeah. by somebody else. That was because they hadn't got the facilities. We we used to, I mean, Paul used to have their own ground. It's the ground is still there. The pitch is still there. The the the, the grandstand is still there, but they got thrown out of it because they couldn't afford to keep it up. And it is now a speedway and greyhound um track and it's used for that. So all the all the pitch gets these days, it doesn't get footballers on it, it just gets dog poo on it from the greyhound racing. Um, <laughs> so that, that was, that's what happened with Paul. And like I say, they've gone up, not because of, say, the ownership, but because of um, the, you know, uh, the fact that they just didn't have the facilities. Brad, I mean, the Guardian did a, I'm sorry, not the Guardian, the Observer, and please, guys, don't, don't judge me. I don't, I'm not an, an Observer reader here. But, uh, oh, no, no, sorry, it is The Guardian. I'm not a Guardian reader either. No, but they did a thing not so long ago, actually. In fact, they did it back in June this year. One is not enough, the growth in football's multi-club ownership model. And it says there, an idea taken to new levels by City Football Group is mushrooming in popularity, but with mixed success. And I, you get that, yep, it's going to get mixed success. But is... Um, was I going to say? I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Is the fact that say that was right? That they say with, with Barcelona and Madrid, they've all got their B teams in the league. But if we start doing the B teams in the league, that's not again. It's going to stop other teams getting up because those spaces are going to be taken. Well, yeah, um, but 
so is so is owning a second team, and there's so many flaws in it in 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 terms of looking at it from the owner perspective. Take the football inside of it and look at it from their investment perspective. There's probably six, maybe seven managers in the top division that could probably realistically take a club that's in danger and get them out of it and, and do it well, that they don't have to worry about the next four or five years of loss of incomes, that it'll balance it, why it balances itself back out because they make so much money, it's ridiculous. But others, maybe not so much. I mean, 100 million is enough to buy a football club, but it's not enough to buy a football club and then help a struggling lower league club and balance some financial books and, and do everything. There's a lot of aspects to it. And there's another thing that we're not thinking about. Yeah, you could say multi, uh, multi-club ownership sounds like a good idea, but that's, let's just say they made that rule customary. Let's, make they, let's say they enforced it and went 20 clubs in the Premier League right now. You, you're the new, yeah, you know, like it was when they formed the Premier League, you're the new clubs of this area. You're the lead, leading 20 clubs for this brand. You are hereby allowed the permission. You have to buy a secondary club from any of the lower divisions, from the Championship all the way down to the level eight of non-league or whatever. That then means, let's just say they kept it within the League 2, League 1 Championship. Let's say they, they locked off the non-league, right, and did it that way. That's a good chunk, good quarter, almost half of that league that's owned by the Premiership. 40 clubs gone that are owned by 20 different people in the space. But what about the rest of them? What about the other clubs that are left over? Do you then tell the highest bidder can take that one and that one? Because then all of a sudden you've got a... you've You've got, um, I can't think of the word, I want to be really fancy, but I can't, but you've got an empire. You've got a footballing empire between 20 people that own football clubs. It's like, well, these are going spare. It's like bringing by saying, isn't it? buy one, get one free. We'll get Oxford and we'll get, you know, we'll get Berry free because we need to get two clubs. Someone has four clubs because they've got more money. Someone has seven clubs because they're, you know, they own Newcastle. They're the richest club in the world. Sorry, we'll have all of them. You know, when does it stop? When do you start that chain? Because you're giving the power to the wrong sort of people. Because unfortunately, mm. as much as we'd love it to be, they're not all like our owners. They're not all like mm. other clubs' owners that are great. There are people out there that will, for money. Yeah, I, I, I agree totally. And like you say, you, you'd you have to put caps on it. Yeah, you can't have one club owning seven. I, I, that, is, that is a good point. Dave, we, we don't have a reserve league anymore we don't have games for the reserves i think there's the premier league two which is for the under 21s uh facebook users just said they're under 21 23 teams playing the efl trophy that's kind of means it a little bit i think to be honest with you if you say into the clubs below but that's for another debate another week um but you know, the, the, we've got players that are sat in that reserve. Samari, for example, we've got Samari. We've paid him. He's, he looks a good player. He's a, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a winner. You know, one league one with you know with Lille, and he's sat there and he's doing nothing and he's struggling to adapt to English football. And the problem is because we haven't got a reserve structure set up in this football pyramid anymore there used to be a reserve league but we don't have that anymore he sits there and he doesn't really get any experience would you know you could have if you've got another club whether in whatever form that is he could go out and he could play maybe just 10 games for them and he could literally maybe you know improve get used to the english game more hmm. i how many 
players could you loan out? There'd have to be strict regulations. Would you loan a well, player? I mean, how out? many are Chelsea loaning out at the moment? About well, forty, isn't it? Yeah, but do you <laughs> loan players out if you own a club? If you you're loan... only one club, it's four. You can only get. I think it's three or four loanees as a match you can get from one club yeah. at this current moment in time. So if you're going to stay with that cap, that would be the most you could send down to one club. You can only get. I'm pretty sure it's three, if not four, loanees. Yeah. There's a few sports where first-team first players have been put into the second team so the second team can win a certain game. Would that happen? Sure you know, if, if your lower club is playing for the League 2 title and it's getting close, do you give them three or four decent players? I mean, how do you judge who's playing well, who isn't? Is it by the money you've paid for them, the wages they're on? Or, you know, I don't know. It's so difficult. They would, we, we know that there would have to be rules set down. Scott, yeah, as I just said then, we, we've got the reserves. It has been taken by the under-23s. But then what if Samari is 27? You can, have, you know, you can say that the under-23s are allowed so many yeah. overage players. But then that's making a cock-up of the under-23, not under-23s, mm-hmm. because suddenly but... Man City can put Grealish and all these into the under-23s. So yeah, there's arguments out. We say on 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 all all, all ways, but again, you know, um, Mike with, with with Newport. I mean, it's a great thing not just for players, for managers as well. Surely, managers can, can manage the lower teams, can can learn things, and you know, maybe then move up to to the parent club. Maybe sort of in an under as a, as a assistant manager role. I mean, you know, you look at Alex Ferguson; he changed his. Um, his assistant managers more than most Welsh men change their underwear. <laughs> Sorry, mate, couldn't resist. But um, uh, so I mean that that could be another scenario where it might help. Yeah, we saw it um, recently with uh, Blackpool's head coach uh, Critchley um, went and joined uh, Stephen Gerrard as the assistant manager at Aston Villa. Um, obviously, it's not parent club, but you do see sort of like the head coach's last manager do go up into um, you know the Premier League and and get these roles um, within that. So maybe that could be a, a way forward. The only thing against that, again, uh, the the only thing that really takes accountability over anything in our sport for me is is the fans. What the fans think, because with that Super League, the owners try to absolutely crap on the fans so mm. the fact if for example i'll take newport for example if we were partly owned by leicester for example because leicester fans if james rowbury was then went and got us promoted next season and then leicester were like right you got newport promoted we're going to come in we're going to come and take you and he, he's going to be our assistant to brendan now the fans would be an absolute outrage that they've just lost their manager that has guided them to promotion just because of and the fact that Rowbury's not even going to go there and be the manager. He's just going to be the, you know, the, the second-hand man next to Brendan. Oh, that's why I wouldn't want it because, you know, you lose all sort of, like we were just mentioning like 10 minutes ago about the community feel, the social feel. You would just lose that instantly because you get associated with these managers and players at lower leagues. No, it's a fair point. When we looked at Manchester earlier, and and let's have a look at um, let's have a look at London, and and the one that stands out for me there is Leighton Orient. As close as you can be to West Ham, 
um, <laughs> barring uh, sharing the ground. Um, you know, and they were very worried when West Ham moved into the into their new stadium that they were going to lose a lot of supporters. But as a club like Brad, like a, a, a Leighton Orient, fans are going to get the head turns, and as fans come into the world and and sort of decide what team they're going to choose, your head is going to be turned by these these bigger clubs and. The small, I can actually, I can just see so many more smaller clubs slowly and, and surely disappearing, or going yeah, that, to a level where yeah. they're, they're part timers, and then do they ever get back? Yeah, but you're never going to stop that with someone's personality. That's just someone how they're raised on the game, mate. And I'll stress that again. It's just how they're raised on the game. You're going to get people to have their heads turned easily. You're going to want to try and be honest to a team, but it happened with me. I started off predominantly following Hinkley. Hinkley United, which was a small village where I was living in. And that's what I started to get into football. My first big exposure to football was the Leicester game. And, well, that game was through three draw against Arsenal. As everybody knows, I go on about it enough, you know, and that was it. I was done, you know. I still went and saw Hinkley, but not as much, you know, because Leicester was my mm. priority. We're just human football fans. It's what we do, and that can't be helped. And there's other credentials to it as well, because it's easy enough to sit here and think, oh, well, if we just buy if we just buy Stockport, Road, uh, Stockport County or wherever, oh, or all their troubles will be sorted because these returns will do it. Well, no. You know, you said there's some more where he's got nowhere to go. And you you put out the idea of maybe sending them loan somewhere for for ten games. Well, does Samore want to go Lincoln? Does Samore want to go Newport? I don't think he would. He's like you said, he's a French champion. I think he came to the Premier League to go there. And a Championship club's not going to offer him a ten day well, a ten game loan. Why would they want that for ten games? Someone who goes there, you can't settle into a club in ten games, let alone the reason you loan out to these Championship clubs and these League One clubs and. and you know, at a push is because they're ready for the first team and they just need to get used to the English game. You send them there for that six months of the year because the club has an actual chance to keep hold of a talent to help them in the progression. What is it going to do to a promotion push or a fight against relegation if all of a sudden he gets the ground running and you go, actually, because we own you, we're going to cut this contract short by four days because we can because we put it in there. So if that, thanks very much. He's had six games for you. We're going to play. It's just... You know, you, you don't want to see that. I wouldn't like to see that in football. I, I, I don't think it's what you'd want to see in football. I want to see how players go there. I mean, again, it's attraction as well. Um, I'm probably, I do apologise. Callum Wright, I think, was the youngster that was on loan at Cheltenham, wasn't he? Mm. he you know, Dewsbury Hall wouldn't go to Cheltenham on loan. He's passed that part of his career. It's why he went to Luton on loan a few seasons ago, because he was at that part of the career. Would Luton have taken him on loan if they all told, yeah, you can have him, but only through the Christmas period. We just want to get him, get the ground running. I'm going to have him back and play him. It already happens enough in football that you dread a recall from a club if you're guaranteed that they could pull the rug from under your new players. thing. And why would you want to go out loan if you're just going to get pulled back? You're just going to say, well, keep me here. I've told Project and keep it. I don't need to go anywhere now. You've just I'm told well, me. I would, I would tend to say... And we'll come on to Dave now. I tend to say, but with that point, is that I'm sorry, we are paying your wages. You're not, you know, you've come in, you're not good enough at the moment for this league. You do what we tell you. Uh, I mean, too many players, Dave, sit there getting splinters in their arse, because, like Samari, because they've not got that chance to, to play. And how will he ever get any better? How will he ever get any better if he's not playing? You know, uh, well, I think that's what training's all about. I mean, Vardy sat on the bench a lot the first season he was there. Um, that famous bench picture. Mm. Um, 
I still go back to uh, Brad was saying Hinkley. Uh, Hinkley had three clubs at one stage, uh, mm-hmm. and now they're struggling to keep one going. I think. But wouldn't mm-hmm. it be nice if a team like Leicester could actually support that club somehow to to help them to develop their facilities to to get maybe loan players? I mean, it's not a bad standard of football when it was a, a Southern Premier in those the old days. I think, but why not? Why not do it that way? We actually did believe it or not. We used to have an organised friendly at their ground every season. We had it at their ground to give them yeah. the funds for the gates receipt. We actually did do that some aspects because that's what that's what I used to go and see. But talking of yeah. lower league clubs, um, <laughs> he, kn- he knows I mean it. He knows I mean it. <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Not too bad. Good, good, good. So we're, we're talking, I mean, you, you actually, I know you've got some thoughts on this, but I do remember, I don't know how true it is, but with Accrington Stanley, is that they yeah. were, when they went out of business, as they did for many, many years, that might be feedback on you, Dan, I think. I'm getting some feedback. Right, if it is, bear with me. I thought I'd sorted it. Right. So only because it wasn't there before you came in. Uh, is that any better? No, I think that yeah, I think we're working now. Um, Accrington Stanley um, went were financially in trouble. The rumor is that they went to to, to Blackburn uh, and asked for a loan, uh, or was it Burnley? Even so, he went to Burnley in fact and asked for a loan. Burnley said bugger off, and they went out of business. And you know, is that is a bit of animosity between you and Blackburn because of that. I don't know how true that is, but would I could Accrington have been saved if they'd been a feeder club or they were owned by a bigger club? It, it's a tough one. I know what you're saying, it was true. Um, the first time it happened, we did say no, we said it's not happening. Um, end of the day, you make your bed, you're lying, it sort of thing. But we'd also at that time to cover. You know, covering our own arse. I think at that time we'd also just had everything happen with uh, the RTV deal. So when the RTV deal affected a lot of clubs at the time, we got like really financially hit. Um, we sort of, in that period, had already spent the RTV money before we'd received it. So it left us sort of in a similar sense to Accrington, but couldn't really do anything about it. However, Aki later on, again, had a, had a couple of troubles. And, you know, we told them, feel free to come to the club, stand outside with collection buckets on our, on our match day. I'm sure fans will cough money in for it and stuff. And the club also matched whatever the fans made outside the ground that day. So we did eventually help out in the end, going back a good six, six years was, now. I think Jackington Stanley, just looking there, 1966 they went out of business. That or was it right? Well, it was definitely not the uh, RTV deal. <laughs> definitely not the IT. I think Bob Lord just went no, basically. Um, no, there's a lot of stuff come out about Bob Lord recently. There's a lot of stuff come out about Bob Lord recently. But I just, I just think in general, I can understand why English cl- English Premier League clubs are buying poorer clubs from abroad. I can understand that because. The money in English football, like the price of Accrington Stanley, probably wouldn't eat, would be to a third-tier Italian team. He's probably like a championship team to us. 
And sometimes you've got to, you look at the finances involved in different leagues. And it's, in fact, there's one thing I wanted to mention. Whatever happened to affiliations? There's still, there's... we still, we had some, didn't we? Like people have clubs where they'll send loan players out to, but now it seems to be the norm to actually buy a club because is that also a different avenue similar to what Leicester did with, um, the lad from Sheffield Wednesday, um, George Hurst, you know, he he sort of, you wanted him, they said no, so your little sister club that you'd bought signed him and then sort of you got him from there to yourselves. And it, it, it's almost like a bit of a loophole for some of these Premier League clubs as well to do it. And it's not fair on the other clubs because... They don't any. They then don't make any sort of money from, you know, the the sort of fees because they've been bought by a foreign club, so they miss out on certain fees as well. So it affects them. I, yeah, I can I understand. I can understand the the doing it abroad, doing it with smaller teams abroad. Mm. Well, but come on to that. When you've got teams in English team, football, yeah, it, I just think that the teams like no offense. Mark, but like Newport and stuff, you know, the League, the League Two teams, you know, they're still trying to fight season in, season out. And if anything, that should start with the finances in the Premier League that should be going down our division, not the Premier League clubs having to go, nah, 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 nah. I don't want to, I don't care about your shitty League Two club. I mean, look at the way Watford approached Rob Edwards from Forest Green Rovers. They, if Forest Green Rovers were a championship club, you'd have been saying, hold on a minute, you've tapped up our manager. You've done it all behind our back. See you in court. But because it's Little Forest Green Rovers, it's a case of, no, 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 we'll have Rob Edwards. Yeah. Shut up, well, deal with it. We're, going down, we're going down different lines there, but let's uh, we'll come back to affiliates. I wanted to do, I did, uh, go into that a little bit straight after this. Leicester lead again! The goals are flowing here now! <laughs> Indeed. Um... If you want a good video, $6, which is about $4.95, introchamp.co.uk. It's a really good site. Get over there. They do a lot of mine for me. Really, really good. Um, Mike, I mean, well, let, let's no, let's ask what everybody thinks. We'll start with Mike, first of all. Should, then let me know, could we say, when you look at what Man City are paying for Jack Grealish, in purchase price, in wages, how many smaller clubs will that keep going? That could probably keep the whole of League Two going, if we're honest with you. And then should clubs that have, have dropped into the Championship get help from the Premier League with that season's parachute payments? Parachute payments, are there to solidify a team when they go down? Uh, are they there to cover the fact that they, 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 these clubs aren't very well run? Which was a subject we talked, you know. He said if clubs are well run, they they should, you know, they should be able to drop down a league without, you know, having to have have help because it's then giving them an advantage over other clubs that are down there. Yeah, the pro the problem that you've got is in the Premier League. You well, we'll take Burnley for example. You've got Max Corney, Vout Vegels, who are probably. I don't know if they're going to stay in the Championship, but if they were to stay in the Championship, probably two of the best players in that division. So they're going to be on double, probably even three or four times more than your average championship player. 
So the parachute payment is there to try and keep those players at that club to fund the wages to keep those players there to hopefully then push them back up. But then the alternative side of that is, for example, Millwall or Preston or Hull City, Birmingham, will be like, well, hang on a minute. You know, we've been trying so much to get out of the championship for three, four seasons and then big Burnley compared to us come down and they get a sort of help from the Premier League to send them straight back up again. I, I, I can totally sympathise with the championship teams because, um, you know, a good mate of mine is a, is a Swansea fan and he said every single year it just gets 10 times harder to get out of the championship because of the money the Premier League influxes into these relegated teams. I mean, you would say, Brad, wouldn't you, that championship teams, if they've got up to that level, shouldn't really need that much help in as fact as, you know, we we should be looking at doing it clubs. Maybe, as Dave said earlier, go down and start at League Two and go back from League Two um, and make them those clubs. But, you know, it, it's... Is it is it right again? And we'll we'll get we'll go around everybody with this question that we are paying you know clubs that have been run that badly that they've got relegated because yes they've got these expensive players but you know clubs look at it and they've got to think we we nearly got relegated last season shit we better be careful who we buy in case we go down. Well, yeah, but. The idea just doesn't get solved by allowing multi-club ownership. It just it just doesn't, in my opinion. And I, I've listened to both sides of the argument, and, and I, I'm still unmoved on my on my stance on it. And that's mm-hmm. because, right? If let, let's just say we were all you know these rich multi-million pound owners, first of all, we won't be doing this. We'd be sat in a nice beach somewhere, drinking drinking a good time to all the billions and billions we've got. But right. If you invest, if you brought 10 stores, 10 different stores as well, with all your million, not all of it, but you spent a good majority of your well-earned profit margin income on buying 10 completely different but well, badly round, down in the doldrums stores, even if five or six of them are a success, 40% or 50% or even worse if you have a really bad investment, which you do, and we've seen bad investments in this sport before, no matter how much money that pumps into a club, that's a lot of money to risk as a capita. And it is just coming straight down to a business sense because if they do it in that way and you say that, yes, Man City do have the money, but they're also businessmen. This isn't a monopoly board where they can just pack it away and call it a draw when it starts to go wrong. You know, this, this is... Um, the bottom line of this, the idea that it could be done that way sounds great, but it only sounds great on a computer game if you could do it and have fun and, and put a cheat code into Football Manager and do it because then your business. But the thing is, it just feels like it's detrimental to football that, that you know, we're there at Burnley. They never actually brought Atkinson. All they said is you can stand outside our ground and collect some money for your club, but they still weren't willing to help them no matter what their financial state was. They weren't willing to put the book in because at the end of the day, whether we like it or not, football always has been about the survival of the fittest. And I don't think football as a sport suddenly either wants these clubs to go, right, we'll take you, you and you, and here's 150 million. Mm. Here's things. No, it doesn't work like that. It's so structured and it's so financially right that if even more than a quarter of these clubs, whether it's four they buy, ten they buy, whatever, um, fail, you know, what happens? And they don't just fail, Chris. They don't just fail and then, oh, well, that all, all's well and good, we'll sell it or whatever, we'll get our money back. They fail 
and then you have to put another 80, 80 million in. And then they don't quite fail as badly, but they're still suffering, so you've got to put another 50 million in. And, and, and it's just logic for the football club that they'd rather take the sellers to do what Burnley did and go, oh yeah, raise money for them, help them out, like, you know, let's save our local team. It only matters to them when it's their local club. I can tell you this now, as much as we love yeah. our owners, I don't think they give a rat's ass if a club in London's struggling because if they did, they'd, they'd be doing something about it. No matter how they great. Would. No, I agree. It's, it's and, a perfect and world it's, and it's a perfect scenario. I'm trying to cut the answer short here, Brad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, mate. I was just... short to get, to get Dave in. Um, David, I mean, he makes a good point, Brad. Um, long, but good. Um, but I'm just, you know, that money, for example, that goes to Burnley, Norwich, and Watford for going down, could that be used to, to be divided out between League Two clubs? I mean, we are there funding failure. You know, you, well, know, we, you those teams we are getting more money in parachute payments yeah, than, yeah. than League One, League Two pop clubs are seeing in a in a season. Well, you remember going into liquidation. I mean, you know, that was tough for Leicester. We were funded by, I don't know, but it certainly we could have done with a parachute payment and stuff like that. But I was thinking also when you Brad was talking about it, there's some big clubs in League One. You know, you yeah. Sheffield Wednesday, you, you know, you're ex very big clubs. They will come back at some stage. They will. What happens then? I mean, Sheffield Wednesday, what, 45,000 people used to get each week. Um, Newcastle have been down there. Clubs will come back mm -hmm. and they will think, well, hang on a minute. Why should we do what you tell us to do? Why are we, uh, do we have shareholders from the main club or do we have our own board of directors? I don't know. I think it's so complicated. Um, and I, I still come back to the honesty bit. And what are you in it for? Are you in it for the football or are you in it to make money or to or to launder money, more importantly? Because that's been going on a lot over the last 20 years. It, oh, yeah, it has. Let me ask you this then, David, that, you know, we, we make the point very rarely, you know, quite rightly, what happens if Team B that you own goes up and is in the same league as Team A or Team A goes down is in the same league as Team B. Let's just take, and I know I'm going out on a limb here, but obviously the whole show is, is going out on a limb. But let's say, for example, Leicester qualify for the Europa Conference next year. And we, um, OH Laven, qualify for the Europa Conference next year. The, what happens then? Because we are potentially playing our sister club at some point. I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd like I to hope we get it. I, I think what would happen is there would be a rule in there that says you can't play teams that are own. They're, they're very good at this, aren't they, UA? Because yeah. they managed to split all the teams up, which I'm sure yeah. they could do if, you know, Burnley owned Accrington and got Accrington in the next round. But they Dan, probably just me... actually treat it like an officiate club, Chris. They'd probably treat it like that and say, well, any players you've got loaned to them can't play against you, but you're free to play each other. Yeah. It tends to be how it, it, it goes. I think it that is. Would be, I, oh, that's would be a good that. point. That's a good point. But the fact, as is the fact that we own them. Yeah, yeah. It might get a bit more different. Yeah. Um, but let me let me come to you. I mean, Brad. Oh, sorry, Brad. Dan, 
you know, you knew last season or the season before last, you knew that you were struggling as a team. You only just managed to stay up. You've then gone down this season. Um, and I'm not rubbing it in, but <laughs> you came on the show. Um, but <laughs> have you been rewarded for being a failure? And should your club have been getting ready for going down from about, say, January and maybe sold some players off that are on high wages or or have or when you sign a player and Leicester aren't in this position at the moment, but we may be in four or five years if we've struggled for a few years, have a clause in the contract that if you do go down, they lose half the money or, or you know, that, that, that they can be going on the transfer market. I'm sort of, again, it's an on-the-fence situation with it because even if it wasn't my club that went down, I'd still be saying the same thing. I think you're right in what you're saying. Um, you're watching him tonight, what are you on about? Um, but, yeah, it's you're right in what you're saying in terms of it does feel like you're being given an incentive for failure. And it's not, it's not right. I, I totally I totally get that. It's not right. But clubs do need to, as you say, plan, plan appropriately for if if, if relegation is going to happen. You know, I mean, we probably thought that. We probably thought, right, that's it. We're looking like we did set for the drop. Okay, we started playing well towards the end. But you've always got to have that plan A and plan B. If it does go... You know, balls up. Right, this is the, this is what we've got to do. And sometimes it's not even just about being rewarded for failure. It, that money, in a sense, I do agree, could be filtered down. And as Brad said, it also does help facilitate some of the big wages until you get them off your wage bill. Mm. But then flip that. If you if it is really about the players and the wage bill, once you've got rid of them players, pay that money back. Mm. You wanted to make a point there, David. Yeah, Chris. If it was the, your salute, your part solution to the problem, um, you know you're going to get relegated. Sell your players. Uh, bottom at Christmas with no chance of staying up, and we we stayed up by what six points? I can't remember now. Mm. A bit more. If we'd have sold our main players, we'd have gone down definite. So, yeah, but would we as a club have been? I'm hoping we would have done, um, but what should we have been having a like like Dan said? Should we have been having a plan um, B? I think they the have a plan, always a, there's always a plan in the back of the minds of the owners, but I think they just when Leicester came it. up. Let's be honest with you. We you know any team that comes up, it's got to be in the back of their mind that they might go straight back down again. Yeah, you know, and it's you know we see this with Norwich, with Watford. So Leicester, when they came up, and it is a very much of is a gamble of you know do you gamble you know like uh, you know a team and stay up or do you not go and play you know go mad on money and you go down it, it, it is a difficult one but you've, it's all about like you said earlier a club being run well. I'm guessing that we didn't have players on high wages then only when the following year or two the, the that's another thing though as well David like. You, you see Harry Kane at, at Leighton Orient, you know, hold, holding the new Leighton Orient home and away shirts up. 
you know, because he's sorted out the sponsorships and stuff. Because he's got a bit of his, he's got a bit of his hands in there at Leighton Orient. It's not even so much now, even Premier League clubs. It's Premier League players. You know, you've got Vardy, who's obviously bought into a team in America. Um, we've got, as I say, Harry Kane with Leighton Orient. Class of '92. Yeah, class '92 at Salford. How's so. That going? Yeah, those back-to-back yeah. promotions they were wanting are taking a taking a wee while, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know it takes uh, four hundred to get back. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, Mike, do, do do we need to literally? And we've seen today there's, there's so many complications here. But I think we would all agree that something needs to be done because the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And somebody made the comment earlier, and I apologise, I think I put it up and I can't remember who it was, that, you know, come lockdown, Premier League clubs, a lot of them weren't even prepared to help out those clubs when, you know, the, the big teams could easily ride that storm. And the likes of Newport, the likes of Stockport and, and, and Millwall, well, Millwall, but Bearing, clubs like that would have struggled or did struggle, didn't they? And there's got to be surely, I accept that these clubs, not all of them are run well, but not some of them are run well, but just can't get the, the fans in to make it. I think so should, should there be some form of money being dripped down into, into the lower leagues? First of yeah. all, it's all about accountability and, and taking, you know, because with great power comes great responsibility. And you look so at Spider Man says, I believe. Yes, <laughs> indeed. I was trying to get trying to get that little quote in there, but no, the the rich will always stay rich, and the poor majority will will always stay poor in terms of football sides of it. You won't see Barrow splashing twenty thirty million pounds on a player; it just will never happen because the whole infrastructure of the English game is the way it is. Yes, some may say it's corrupt. It, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, cases for that, which is definitely down the wrong avenue of this type of debate. But during that moment in in time was was something that no one ever foresee, foresaw uh, a lockdown and and no football and the loss of revenue to such a high rate was nothing that anyone could plan for. You were mentioning earlier about. When you're in a relegation battle, you have a plan A and a plan B. No one would have ever planned for that to happen. But when it does happen, you're like, well, surely the the people at the top have to look down the pyramid and, and look at the loss of revenue that the the lower league teams are getting. Because you know, they it doesn't... do, and don't call me Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> it it take... I'll get that quote in. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take a genius to realise that teams lower down the pyramid are going to lose money when you know there's no people coming through the gate yeah i, th- I think i think you say it, it it would be very very difficult and just just pulling it to a close now it would be very very difficult to, to for this to happen um but i think i think we would all agree that something definitely needs to be done though to help the the smaller clubs out talking to smaller clubs i think dan wants to go to the toilet <laughs> Please, sir. Um, not to to be honest. There's just one club speak, uh, comes to mind. Really, um, Macclesfield. I mean, look look at them. That they, they they've obviously faltered. They've they've gone down the pyramid. 
They crumbled. They, they were struggling to even finance the stadium. Uh, and then, obviously, Robbie Savage came in and he's, I can't believe I'm actually complimenting this former Blackburn player. But to be honest, he's, he's gone in there. He sorted them out. Last season, they were playing against my local teams, Cone, Nelson, Paddyham. Mm. They've been promoted. And now they're sort of, you know, they, they're finding their way up the pyramid again. And, you know, you only have to go back to the 90s. I remember watching Burnley play in Boston United and Hereford and stuff like that. And now you don't see these clubs anymore. But you, obviously, it's so easy to focus on your club and think, wow, it makes you realise and appreciate that we've obviously done things right. And it, it's just that it's not happened for them. But is it because of history? Is it because Burnley had a history previously that Burnley had certain you know, financial gain compared to teams like Boston and Hereford. But then you look at teams like Barnet, who you didn't think would have had a penny. Next minute, they've got Edgar Davids playing in midfield. Not that he did them much good, of course. No, but this is what I mean. Things, <laughs> yeah. These things that yeah. we can say, these clubs go and just nosedive, but then they make stupid mistakes like that. Notts County, mm. Sven, the Sol Campbell situation yeah. and everything else. I think that that was very bad owners. That 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 was that was uh, that was crooks rather than owners. I think, but yeah, I take your point. And, and Dave, last question. I mean, football moves on. We you know we've said that. You know, not that far back in Leicester's history. You know, we you know we bought a, a million pounds for Mark Draper. I couldn't believe it. Five million pounds for Akinbayi. I couldn't believe it. And yet now we are in that bigger league club, if you like. Well, I couldn't believe I can buy. No, not at all. I still can't uh, believe it now. Nah, I'll pretend nah. it doesn't happen. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> Mark Draper, yeah, that was a shame we let him go, wasn't it? But could I, you I just, imagine then that we would be in this position where we're paying forty million pounds well, for a player? Money-wise, no, because I don't think anybody could with any club. Um, but I remember us buying Keith Weller for a hundred thousand. You know, it's Head sports headlines all week, never been known. Hundred thousand pounds. Um, but I think that's still point, Burnley's highest purchase, to be honest. Is yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, Port Vale, their chairman used to own the Neaton Boroughs ground, which is a kind of sort of ownership thing, uh, but lower down. And when Neaton um, were going, we're really having trouble. He threatened to foreclose on the ground. So that's yeah. one lower league club to a non-league club. And to treat them like that was appalling. Um, and it affected, well, that they could have gone out of business. So it goes back to Rand's full circle to what we said. Mm. It's trust in the person yeah. that's, that's and, owning and the main club. Man City did to uh, to Bury as well. They took them out of their, their training ground. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, and that, that was... Um, well, I mean, in fairness, they had run it down to uh, to to, uh, to sort of like new parks, but yeah. you know, I'm surprised then, Gary but... Neville didn't step in there either, because obviously he used Barry to go lad. to the Berry lad used mm. to go to the games. Mm. His dad Neville Neville, you you know, used to be in charge, and you'd, you'd think you know he'd have done something there, especially yeah. when you see the, the guy at Sunderland, you know, in the documentary on Netflix. I think they played a game against area of Cambridge United or Colchester, someone beginning to see if I remember. And he, he again, like Dave said, owned the rats to their stadium, but didn't 
have anything to do with the club other than the stadium rights. So they were saying a bit like, oh, is this like contradictive? Mm. Uh, like conflict of interest? Mm. But I again, think it's yeah. a knock it down and build houses on it. That's so he makes yeah. loads of money. Yeah, well, and then of course you've got the, the full other way to go. It's like AFC Wimbledon buy a football yeah. club and just move them. <laughs> They've returned. Story. They have returned. Guys, yeah. we're going to call it Franchise FC. We're, we're coming up to the hour and a half. Thank you very much, everybody that joined in. Um, Dave, it's been a pleasure as always. Next week, Cheers, we're going to be looking um, at should, um, should Premier League clubs not be playing in the League Cup? We've got a lot of games to be played as Premier League clubs, uh, as we know. We're going to lose six weeks because of the World Cup. And we should we get also get rid of FA Cup replays as well. We played too many games as it is, you know. <laughs> too many games as it is. And so, you know, why, why, are we, why are we playing in these, dare I say, meaningless trophies? But oh, we'll, sorry, we'll I should, I'm sorry, I shouldn't. I'm sorry, I shouldn't miss Before that, Before anybody starts, we'll talk about it next Friday. I, I won't be here next week. I'm in Hinkley. You in Hinkley? Ah, not a yeah. problem, mate. Uh, we'll catch you for the next one. Thank you very much, Dave. You're welcome. As always, Thanks, glad nice to have you, to you on. Boys. Cheers, and nice talk to you, Dave. Cheers. Twitter haven't nice thrown you there. off yet. <laughs> or is that still to come? <laughs> <laughs> Take care, mate. All the best. Brad, thank you very much, as always. Uh, matter of opinion, with, with your details are in the chat below. Um, we will see you next, probably next week. Then, if that's uh, if you are free, if you're not going to the meeting or somewhere, uh, no, not to my knowledge. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be. I'll, I will be here again. If if not earlier, I'll be on ne next week's debate show. I'm looking forward to it, mate. I've enjoyed tonight's show as Brilliant. well. Indeed, and we were, I think we're going to have Anthony on next week. So, um, oh, it's like Steve, it's like Dan, we just got rid of him and he's back. <laughs> can't get rid of either of you. But he's a Premier League, you know, he does support a Premier League team amongst others. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Uh, matter no of opinion, uh, on YouTube and uh, and full time focus on Twitter. Yeah, that's it, and that's where you'll find both of them. Cheers really? again, lads. Nice talk. Take care, mate. Great talk. Cheers, Cheers always. Thanks, right. Um, Mike, you were late coming on, so I haven't got you in the description below, but I will add you on afterwards. Um, do do tell where you can be found. Yeah, Mike Green on YouTube. Um, an upsetting video I had to make earlier about Don Telford, but. Oh, well, this what is. Football moves on. Uh, check me out on there. Just under 200 away from 3K now. So really looking to push towards that and, you know, put a lot more League 2 content out next season. So, yeah, that's where you can find me, Mike Green, on YouTube. Right. Thanks very much. Thanks for coming on and giving us the lower league. Um, me, me, and, me and Dan, you pray for lower league football, didn't we, Dan? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we're there in the five-a-side league next season, mate. <laughs> and if you, if you do want to know where you can send letters to, it is Her Majesty's Prison, Newport. That's where oh. Dan is. <laughs> oh, 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 not a prison. <laughs> See you later, mate. Thanks very much. And Dan, where can people find you? Obviously, in the championship. But we'll add your details in again later down down below. But where where can people add you in? Yeah, so you can just search Turf Morehouse on all social media platforms, and uh, you'll find me there. 
Good man, good man. And you, you, you're playing a local team in your first game next season for you, Huddersfield. Uh, told Huddersfield. Back home, won't it for you? Uh, told Huddersfield in my own backyard. <laughs> yeah. Well, big Sheffield Wednesday fan, aren't you? <laughs> and that Yorkshire lass that's there with you. What can I say, mate? Thanks very much for popping on. Take care. I'll see you soon. Cheers. Speak to you soon, Paul. Thanks a lot. Oops. Oops, a Daisy. <laughs> I did. I did everything. I muted you. I, I enlarged you. Did everything but remove you. Let's try that again. It's not Chris. Chris, can I just say, it takes a while to mute me, but it doesn't take long to make me go large. <laughs> Is that what you say to Kate? Right, we'll leave it at that. Guys, thank you for watching. Um, yeah, thank you, Helen. Um, thank, I hope you enjoyed the stream. Hope everybody in the chat enjoyed the stream. Helen, James, um, who else have we had in? Uh, Cyber Leader was in earlier. Thank you very much. Rennie was in earlier. Statman was in earlier. Um, Chris Welsh, thank you very much for popping in as well. Uh, and Kate popped in. Thank you very much, Kate. Um, I think I missed some of your 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 posts out. I do apologise, um, uh, and of course, Renate. Like I said, uh, thank you very much. And don't forget, we have we, the season is over. The new season will be amongst us soon. We have got so many new shows coming out, uh, including this. Yeah, the Lester Till I Die news show. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go forward. It might be regularly for 10 minutes. It might be weekly for an hour. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how the news rolls. Um, and if you want to save a bit of money, here's what you can do. Leicester lead again. The goals are flowing here now. The Leicester Till I Die shop is now open. For all your Leicester Till I Die merchandise, visit the Leicester Till I Die shop at our website. So if you are looking to save money, um, like Burnley fans, you can get intros made for just $6. $6 for professional intro. That is amazing. www.introchamp.com. And it's, it's, it's really good site. $6. That's about $4.95. 5% if you're a member, if you're a gold member. Uh, Austin Powers, here we go. If you're a gold member, 5% off all the shop at lessnetillidie.com and um, 10% off all your gaming needs, all your gaming accessories, 10% off there if you check that out as well. The details have been going across the bottom. Thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Thank you for listening. Great debate tonight. No no arguing, no shouting. Uh, and that's what I say. No answers. It is purely a debate, the Friday debate show. Thanks very much, guys. I will see you next week, Monday, 9 o'clock, for the World Cup preview. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
thanks for watching these videos are tremendous you better like them too or I'll be back it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.